The Ziggler Show comes from the legacy of Zig Ziggler and brings together personal and professional growth, business success, and faith. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin Miller. In this episode, who to share your goals with. Should you keep your goals and aspirations secret? Just keep them to yourself. Should you share them with anyone, everyone? Well, in this episode, I play a two-minute clip from Zig Ziglar where he gives us two types of goals and who we will be best served to share them with and why. Well, from that, I posted this question to the Ziglar audience. Do you share your goals and aspirations with anyone? Why and why not? And if you do, who? Well, loads of responses that, of course, range from everybody to nobody and why. It's a really important issue as there is great value in sharing our goals and aspirations. And Tom Ziegler and I address these and the understanding of why. But it's also caused to be judicious in who, and we cover that as well. So I think we really uh, encompassed the subject well, again, because of the great feedback that we got. Here is what I have for you on my other podcasts, uh, plus some products and services I think are relevant for you. Then I'm going to queue up this two-minute clip from Zig Ziglar that leads into Tom Ziglar and I addressing your comments on this topic of who to share goals with. A lot of times uh, I've been asked the question, who do you share your goals with? Here is a basic answer to that question. If it is a give-up goal, tell everybody. What's a give-up goal? I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit cussing. I'm going to quit lying. I'm going to quit eating too much. If it's a give-up goal, you will find an enormous amount of support and encouragement. Everybody will say, man, that is great. You can do it. That's what the 12-step programs are all based on. You go to those programs and you hear other people and what they do is say, I did it, you can. I did it, you can. I did it, you can. Here's how. All of it is tied together. You share those give-up goals with everybody. That strengthens your commitment. It strengthens your resolve and the chances of reaching it go up. Now you share your go-up goals very carefully. What's a go-up goal? I'm going to be the starting quarterback. I'm going to write the best-selling novel. I'm going to write the greatest self-help book ever. If you go around telling everybody that, you're a salesperson. And let's say we got two salespeople down here, uh, this man and this lady, and one of them says to the other, I'm going to be the number one salesman in the company this year. And she says to herself, in a pig's eye you are, I'm going to be the number one salesperson in the company. Well, who should you tell that goal? Both of them should go to the sales manager and say, help me devise a plan so I can be the number one salesperson. The sales manager will encourage you. Ideally, your mate will encourage you. Share your goals with people whom you know are going to give you the encouragement that you need in order to get there. Well, Tom, you know, everybody will have just heard the clip from Zig talking about who you share your goals with. But when I asked the question, uh, uh, to the Ziggler audience, there were some who didn't share them that much. And so I thought we would start off there and then go through the other categories. We actually got three categories of who people uh, share with everybody, only some people and not too much of anyone. 
So uh, good with starting there. That's good. All Let's right. Uh, Patrick Kotenberg, he says, I don't have anything against sharing my goals with others, but typically, uh, no, I don't. Uh, others just don't ask. And I responded back. I said, they don't ask or you don't offer. And are you good with that? He says, I am, uh, my goals are for me. He says, I don't need approval. And I actually responded back and said, well, do you ever seek feedback? And he did not reply, which I thought was interesting, maybe a little bit uh, telling, but you know, I, I get that. I get that my goals are for me. And in some sense, I would say, you know, can I be strong enough, devout enough, disciplined enough to say, hey, here's my goal uh, and I just stick to it alone. And, you know, there's two parts of it, stick to it, sticking to it and getting feedback on your goal. So if you don't share it, you're not going to get feedback. But I guess, sure, if you're just, you know, if, if you're that resolute that you don't need the accountability, you don't need the encouragement, I guess you can make a case for not sharing it. What do you think? You know, that's that's kind of one of those personal things that I as we've talked about this, I'm trying to dig in a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. what does it say about not sharing anything? And I, of course, I can only relate to that personally. Uh, there's been times in my life when I have started and not completed stuff like in a string, you know, like mm -hmm. this, this and this. And I know for me, I wasn't sharing my goals with anybody. And so. Is that because I wasn't, I was concerned that I would be held accountable to that? Or was it that I really didn't have that big driving thing that I was all gung ho and I was just kind of experimenting. Uh, and then as I matured, there's a lot of goals that I set that I don't share, but there are also some goals that I do share. So I'm kind of in that hybrid camp mm -hmm. where I'm really careful about who I share goals with. Like, like I'm like really all in committed before I share a goal. And so, I'm, you know, what do you think? What, what, what is it about uh, not sharing? What's the danger in that? Well, here, I'll read this. Chris right here, Chris Williams. He says, he says, no, I don't share because I can't find the right people to push me. He actually said, your podcast has brought me out of so many funks. I can't talk to you nor Tom uh, individually, but you have really helped me on to be a better person. I was raised in the church and I changed churches and still not many people push each other like you do. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep up the great podcast, which yeah, I'm grateful for. But obviously his first statement there, not finding uh, the right people. And gosh, you know, there's a couple Tom. I'll just read here. Megan, she says, she says, no, I did for a while share. And I found that I was constantly having to defend my dreams and goals. Now I keep them myself to myself and I chase them quietly. I keep a journal and listen to lots and lots of podcasts. Ben right after I used to share because I had the need to validate it by others and then would give up if they weren't as excited as I was. Now I only do it after about five days of sitting with the excitement and emotions before sharing for accountability. Uh, Stacy says sometimes no, cause I don't want people bringing me down when they don't believe in me as I do. So you can see that thread there. And we got a lot of responses of people who have, I'm going to paraphrase, been burned by sharing something and maybe they got criticism. Maybe the other person just wasn't as excited. Now I've done that, Tom, I'll admittedly do that where I've got a goal, man. And I'm of course, I'm not thinking that I need validation. I need excitement. But when I share it with somebody and they go, oh, I'm like, seriously? Yep. 
and, and then you question yourself, well, maybe it's not that exciting or maybe they don't believe in me. I mean, we are, we are all, all human and the best way to guard against any of that is just not to share, but then you miss out on the, on the encouragement, the feedback, the, the accountability. Um, but, but it's, it's vulnerable. How about if we say that? Yeah. And, you know, there is a real uh, and I don't understand it, but it's a real cultural phenomenon. And, and, you know, one of the words I've heard for it is the crab pot mentality. Yeah. And the idea if there's a pot and a crab gets in it, it can crawl out. Mm -hmm. uh, but if two crabs get in it or more then whoever's trying to crawl out, the other ones pull them back in. And so absolutely no matter what the goal is, I would never encourage someone to share that goal with somebody who's going to naysay or, or downplay or tell them they can't do it. It just doesn't benefit you. It doesn't help you get there. In our Ziegler goal setting process, we have seven steps. The first step is identify clearly what the goal is. The second step is to identify the obstacles or mountains to climb in order to achieve it. The, th the third is the skills or knowledge. And the fourth is the people or outside help that I might need. And I think I want to differentiate there. So we're talking in the context of going to a peer, a friend, a family member, a coworker, somebody who you think would be an advocate, not necessarily somebody who's going to provide expertise yeah. in helping you achieve that goal. Right. So that's that's the context of this. On a spiritual side, uh, in one of my devotionals, I think it's uh, Oswald Chambers, his utmost for uh, my utmost for his highest. I think in one of the devotionals, it says, hey, when God puts something on your heart, you don't go ask man for permission. And I, and I hear some of that in the answers, too. Right. If, yeah. if you know it's on your heart to go and do, you don't need permission from other people to go and do it, especially in the spiritual context. Yeah. And I do appreciate that. I do. You know, I, 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 that's that line of, I want to be confident, resolute. And if I feel like this is something that God wants, and you know what I'm thinking, yeah, I'm sitting here chewing on it, Tom, as you talked as well and thinking about, there are some goals. Cause I tend to think, no, I share, I, I, I'm, I'm kidding myself. I, I don't, there are some that I, I kind of keep to my, I keep to myself. I, it's, yeah. Between me and me and God, especially. And, uh, gosh, I think that's relevant. Well, yeah, I mean, the other side of this, then, you know, if we're talking about the vulnerability of sharing it with somebody as we've got some people who said like Christopher Dunstan, I know Christopher, he says, I share with everyone. I welcome the criticism positive or negative. It's very helpful in understanding all aspects and possibilities and pursuing my goals. And then he has, you know, the hashtag, no fear hashtag. It's all for our growth. Uh, and right after him, Susie Bradley, I also know Susie. She said, yes, always. And I asked, I said, literally with anyone, everyone, she says pretty much my clients, family, friends, they ask about my lifestyle or I'm in a dental office. She's a, she's a, works in a dental office. Uh, she has a coaching company. I love chatting about goal setting and catching others uh, to set and slay my goals. It's so fun. Uh, Raquel, she says, generally, I'm open about my dreams, goals, and aspirations, but I'm especially open to those I truly respect and look up to. I find that sharing my goals with them, I feel motivated and held accountable simply because I really do care what uh, that person who, whom I respect thinks of me. But going back to the first two, Christopher and Susie, now I, I know them. They're both outgoing. 
uh, very outgoing. I mean, they'll, they're happy to go in a room, talk to people. And I would say they're probably, they'd be good cold callers, you know, um, <laughs> they're okay with, with rejection. They don't take things super personally, uh, like that. So that makes sense that they do that though. I also in knowing them, and again, man, I'm thinking out loud here. I, uh, you know, you know, do you know who Jeff Goins is? He's an author. That, author. Yeah. He, he wrote something today, posted a question, and he says, who do you know? It was something effective. Who do you know who gets paid to create? And I, I thought, and I, I talked back and forth, and I, because I, I thought he was really reaching out for who, who like, that's a unique thing. And I thought, man, I don't, I don't hardly know anybody who doesn't get paid to create, but that's just the circles that I have created. It's my, like Dan Butner talks about with healthy people. It's my blue zones. I've surrounded myself. I don't have people in my life that, uh, you know, that just are fulfillers in that sense. Well, in the same way, I'm looking at Christopher and Susie and thinking I, they pretty much have their own little blue zones. I mean, the, they, they connect and commune with people who are the encouraging type, who are the supportive type, who are, other, who are likewise going after goals. So maybe it's not, you know, it's not, it's kind of like those surveys that you do. It's probably not a fair survey. It depends on that person. And those are, those are people who most everyone, they know like you and like me I think, man, I don't, I don't have anybody I think who would be a naysayer in my life necessarily. So, so here's a couple of thoughts. And I think this will kind of bring everybody into that, into the effective zone. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the studies on goal achievers that's really, really powerful is they discover that goal achievers do three things. And so it, whether you tell everybody about your goal or you keep it completely personal, if you want to raise your odds of actually achieving the goal, mm -hmm. first, you write it down in detail. Second, you work on it every day or as often as necessary. I mean, you're consistent. In it. And the, the third one is you have an accountability partner. And so the danger of not sharing your goals with anyone is you or your own accountability partner. Yeah. Okay. Now, so here's another strategy. Strategy number two, I believe that we all need mentors and or coaches in our life. And at Ziegler, we teach the wheel of life. We teach the seven areas, mental, spiritual, physical, family, financial, personal, and career. And so it's a great life plan to seek out somebody in your, you know, in your circle of influence or somebody who's respected in each one of those areas and develop a relationship with them and just let them know, hey, is it is it OK if I come to you and ask you questions from time to time? Yeah. And so, as you know, we've had a great sponsor on the show in the past with MedPro and I got a coach from them and I reengaged with the coach from them because they're experts in the physical side of life. And I, the first thing I did was, here's my goal. How do I get there? But I had qualified who I'm sharing that goal with. Because yeah. I know that the input I'm going to get back is going to be practical, realistic, encouragement based on a, you know, a long record of things. The third piece of advice, because uh, some people are listening are like, well, you know, I just don't get goals. I've never really been goal-driven, goal-motivated. You know, 80% yeah. of the population gets more excited about solving problems. 
And what we teach is that goal setting and solving problems are just, it's the same coin, but there are two <clears throat> sides of it. And I'll use the weight loss example. Uh, you know, I want to lose 20, my goal is to lose 20 pounds. I want to weigh 189, okay? So everybody knows my goal now. January 1 is the date. I don't, that? Tom, I don't think you can do it. What are you, who do you think you are setting a goal like that? <laughs> <laughs> I called Angelo at MedPro. He's, right. dumb. He, he's, he's like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so there we go. So that, there's the goal. And that's, I want to weigh 189. Now, the other, the other way I could look at it is I've got a problem. I weigh 20 pounds too much. Either way, I've just come at it from two different directions. So if you're a problem solver, you might just want to change the way you talk to yourself about a goal. Hey, you know what? Solving a problem is exactly the same steps as accomplishing a goal. Yeah. Because you've got to identify what the problem is, the obstacles and barriers you've got to overcome, you know, the people you've got to talk to, the skills and knowledge you've got to acquire, the plan of action, all of these different things come into play. Um, but I've found for me that, well, like on the audio clip from dad, the give up goals, you tell everybody because you want them to hold you accountable. And it doesn't really matter whether they're on your side or not. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in fact, uh, dad had a, you know, in his personal life, uh, you know, there were some people who were rooting against him and that motivated him. Right. I'll show them. You've just, you've got to, you've got to be strong and understand what that does. So. And that's, you know, I, I don't mean to say that I've never had a naysayer and I've got people who uh, care about me enough that they're not just going to blindly encourage me in anything. Uh, and, and I do appreciate that, but the, even that is weighty. Sometimes you hear that advice. I mean, how many people on my bookshelf, uh, behind me are people who did some huge thing and people who cared about them, people who were wise, people who knew more about whatever they were trying to do, told them that they couldn't do it or cautioned them in it. And they did it anyways. And that's weighty. You know, it's interesting, Tom. I told, uh, I told my, my oldest son, Caleb, who, you know, not long ago, there was an issue that uh, he was dealing with and talking with his mom and with me. And I said, buddy, I said, one thing I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart is watch out how much weight you put on your mom and dad's perspective. Because uh, it was about an issue and we, we were... We were healthfully debating it, uh, my wife and I, about she saw a different one side, I saw another. But ultimately, then I said, but you, you got to watch out because only you know what you're capable of. Well, actually, nobody knows what you're capable of, including yourself. You know, so I can't say to you, but watch out because his tendency is to make decisions based on our perspective. And I mean, I have, I have things, I have big things I've accomplished in my life that I, I can't say that my own father... Uh, who may be listening to this, that he ever told me, oh, you can't do that. But there are some things he cautioned me about that I went and did anyways, and they worked out well. Now, I didn't come back and go, see, proved you wrong, because he didn't say I couldn't do it. He just said, I'm concerned about some areas, and he was right with those. And I had to, though, take those and decide what I was going to do. And man, to, to have somebody like that, like your father, especially a father, a good father like we had, who we respect uh, and know has wisdom, it's hard sometimes to realize I, I still have to know my own truth in this arena and yeah, what God is calling me to. 
And here's, here's another mindset um, that's really, really important, especially for people who are um, maybe you felt the sting of setting a goal, going after it, getting close, and then it doesn't happen. Right. Or life happens to you and you get derailed or the people who you thought were on your side suddenly gang up against you and seemingly hold you back. One of the most powerful mindsets you can have is that the, the purpose of going after the goal isn't to necessarily achieve the goal. It is to learn and grow and become the kind of person that Mm -hmm. takes those steps. And so I know in my past, early on, I'd go to dad and I'd have a, what we would call a big, a BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal, you know, mm-hmm. just something big. And he would always encourage me and remind me that, hey, you know, it's sweet when you achieve the goal, but it's not nearly as important as the person you become along the way. Mm-hmm. And I know so many people who set out to go after the big goal or to go after something that people say, oh, you can't do that. And they got down, you know, they went after it a hundred percent. And then on the path, they found a better goal because they took those first steps and they veered and they look back on it and they go, man, I'm so glad I didn't finish my original task, but I'm so glad I also went after it because the person I became and what I learned, I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't gone for it. Well, to what you said a minute ago, Tom, uh, Cindy Sipes here, she says, it's so important for my encouragement and accountability, having that gentle push or cheerleading or having someone who can see how to break it down in a more realistic or attainable goal is extremely helpful. When I keep things to myself, I tend to come up with reasons or excuses not to do it, or I'm too hard on myself if I don't accomplish when I thought I should have. So she's talking to the feedback and to the accountability uh, that you can have when you've got those healthy, you know, relationships. This is an interesting one too, Tom. Charlotte uh, Tamayo, she says, I have an accountability team of 11 other women in a similar field. None of us live in the same region. We encourage each other and pray over the important areas of life, especially to shine our light through our businesses, keeping God in first place. And I responded back, said, oh my gosh, that's just tremendous, Charlotte. She says, Kevin, we love it. Our ladies had a conference with our larger team this past week and on their way home have been traveling to meet up with those too busy to go. Uh, It really has been the best women's uh, ministry slash business group I've ever been a part of. The great thing is that uh, we now are starting to make local chapters to encourage more women to lead their business with God at the helm. You know, thinking about that, it got me thinking about mentors. You know, we've just recently been talking about that with Kevin Harrington and Mark Tim with their mentor uh, to millions book. And the, when I had uh, Mark on the show and talked about finding a mentor, how do you find a mentor? And part of that was just to ask, you know, just to ask, you know, so in that same spirit here, you know, what about finding some people? If you find that you are one of those people and maybe you don't have a real supportive family, you may not even have a supportive spouse to some degree, or you don't have supportive coworkers or friends, or you just don't have many friends, you're, you're isolated. Can you go out and find a group to be accountable with specifically for that. Now you can find affinity groups. You know, I've been promoting Hydro, this rowing machine, and they've got these great online communities. And of course, people are on there just encouraging each other. And you know, that, that's that's great in that sense. Uh, but uh, I've, I've got a group on Monday morning, uh, Christian businessmen, there's probably 
15, 17, 18 guys all around the country, all influencers. And we do a call and they do the point of it is to ask, uh, to, to give a praise and to ask what the prayer your main prayer is. And what you find out, the prayer is usually what's most weighing on them right now. And that's going to be a marital issue, a parenting issue, or a business issue, or a health issue. Those are generally the four that come up. And it's pretty consistent uh, or, or pretty even amongst those. But that's a group. I mean, so to what Charlotte's saying, to find a group and say, uh, you know, find some other people who are, let's call them aspiring people in your life. I think if you look around in your church, in your workplace, uh, you know, in your, in your, uh, frame of reference of, of people of social groups, who are the aspiring people and say, Hey, what would you think about getting together once a week for 30 minutes on zoom at a coffee shop, whatever, and just sharing that. What is one of the things that Pete Vargas has done with a lot of leaders is get together, get them together and ask what is working well for you right now, mainly focus on this, what's working well and what's not. And the what's not has pulled out because nobody talks about that. And so to have these leaders come together and talk about what's not, they get support and encouragement for that one. And they generally get somebody to go, man, I could, I could help you with that. I, you know, I, I, I'm really strong there. I have a resource or something like that there. So powerful to do that, especially if you find yourself, if you're listening right now and feel like, gosh, I don't, I don't have those people in my life to go find them. I mean, you can pay for them you can pay for a coach or consultant to help you support encouragement accountability and wisdom feedback absolutely i think uh in the book born to win there's a whole chapter on picking a mentor and we go through the steps in there and you know one of the ones that i uh, was learned personally was that if if you have somebody you would love to ask to be a mentor uh and they're in that status for that realm where you in your mind you envision other people are probably asking them too they're not going to be interested who are you to ask here's what i've discovered if you go in passionately and and you know request that 10 or 15 minute meeting and you say i would really like for you to be my mentor uh here's what i'm trying to do what would your advice be and i know we've only got 10 minutes because that's how long the call is or whatever and, and they tell you what it is. And then you say, is it okay if I reach out to you in two weeks with an update? And then in two weeks, when you go back for the update, you show them exactly what you've taken action on. Hmm. And that's how mentors get excited because usually mentors, somebody says, you know, somebody says, well, can you help me out? Yeah, sure. You give them some advice. They see you a month later. Hey, how's that going? Well, I haven't really started yet. And there you go. You've lost that opportunity because are they going to keep putting time and energy into it? The second thing is when you're going to get input from someone, instead of saying, hey, I've got this big idea, what do you recommend? What if you went a little bit more direct and a little bit more specific and you said something like this? Hey, here's my big idea. I've written it down clearly let me share that with you. Give me your mm -hmm. feedback on it. And then, then you say, you know, I think this is going to help me in my life. And here are the benefits that I've written down. What benefits do you think it would help me? And so what this does is when you go through the seven steps that we teach in the goal setting is it takes away some of the negativity that somebody might automatically have and it gets their mind focused on what you can do. 
Now, when I work with somebody, I ask them, okay, how does this goal that you're going after, how does it get you closer to your purpose? And here's the big one. A lot of people are afraid to set goals or to share their goals because they haven't clearly identified their purpose. Hmm. When your purpose is clear, when your why is clear, and you have a goal that supports it, now you have something bigger than you drawing you into it and compelling you. And then when you've got a trusted advisor, a friend, a mentor, a spouse, a family member, a coworker who understands your purpose, your bigger, it's like the, the lady with the 11 women. I mean, they have a unique uh, group and I'm sure they've shared their why and their purpose and what they're trying to accomplish. That is nearly an unstoppable force of people, mm-hmm. right? When you get that together. So those are just a couple of things. Man, I, I, I love that. Tom, I missed that. When I first started out Free Agent Academy, uh, helping people pursue self-employment, I did that. I just wanted to know, hey, what's your, you know, what do you want to do? What's your idea? And let's go make it happen. And I, over time, realized I kept having to backtrack and, and start off right with what you said to go, okay, I want to you know, create this business. I got this idea. Why? I, I wasn't initially open to that or cognizant of that. I said, okay, let's go. And then you start running aground and having issues and then had to come back to it. And I learned that the hard way in, in some sense. Hey, I want to make one quick statement um, or, or just give a resource on what you said about mentors, uh, about asking you know somebody to be that, because that, I know that happens to you, Tom, and I get asked as well. So in episode 723 of The Ziggler Show, I had on a guy named Phil M. Jones. For those who are watching the video, there's the cover of one of his books. And this one is exactly what to say. He has another one. Um, what is it? Exactly where to start. But the guy's a great sales guy. And he starts off, and this is a sales tactic to talk to somebody. He says, I'm not sure if it's for you, but, and he talks about the psychology. It takes it away. You know, it's not a pressure sell. Okay. I like that from a mentor standpoint. And I'm thinking specifically because I was asked, it's been a little while, but I was asked by a guy to be a mentor and he just knew what I did and said, I, I want you to be my mentor. And he would have been a good one to ask that. I'm not sure if it's for you, but um, this is what I want to do. And I'm looking for mentoring in this because when it came down to it, what he was doing, I was not a good fit for. He just saw, you know, I had success in some areas, but what he literally was looking for mentoring in was an area that I was just, I'm ignorant in. It's just not a good skill set. So that's a, what a great way for one, it makes me not feel super pressured right off the bat. You know, to go, oh, I want you to be my mentor. You know, will you, will you please? Uh, It kind of offsets that. I'm not sure if you're the right mentor for me, but this is what I'm looking for mentoring in. And it's also just honest because not everybody is the best mentor. You know, if somebody wants a financial mentor, well, Dave Ramsey would be pretty good. But if you want it for an endurance athletic pursuit, not sure he'd be your guy. You know, it's, it's everybody who's success in one area does not beget success everywhere. So there's my little pitch on that for those of you who are out there um, looking. I did want to read one real quick before we jump into the last category. R.B. Williams, he says, I share with everybody. It helps keep me motivated. Plus, you never know if you share your goal or who you share your goal with who can help you. I like that. Man, if I went right on and right now and said, hey, I've got a goal of whatever, and I put it even on Facebook, 
uh, I would get some people who would, well, like that. If I said, I would, you know, finance, I'd have a hundred people say, Hey, I'm a financial coach. You know, I can, I can help you or I can give you a resource. Uh, if I did that on an athletic, uh, endeavor, I'd have people jumping out of the woodwork that know that area. So I, that is relevant to set something out there and you never know who might be able to help you to support you, to encourage you, to give you a resource. I just smiled because that's how I got to play, uh, the masters mm. in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, dad was, you know, this was, right after college. So I was like 25 years old and, and dad was traveling all over. He was doing a lot of public events and he was teaching goal setting, mainly the mindset of goal setting. And he would talk about, you know, how to set a goal. And I said, well, dad, what are your goals? And one of his goals at that time was to play the top 100 golf courses in the United States, the ranking. And I said, dad, you should tell, you know, when you're doing the goals examples that that's one of your goals. And the next thing I know, he starts getting invited to go play golf, right? <laughs> so <laughs> he's going to be in that town anyway, Yeah, goes in a day early. And so soon after that, he got invited to go and play uh, the Masters in Augusta. And uh, he, he said, I'm going to ask uh, the person who asked me if you can come too. And so we got to go, and that was the ultimate – you know, two night father, son golf trip ever. And, uh, the host that had us was unbelievable. Uh, and as you know, just as golf fans watching that on, on TV, but, but yeah, so that idea of you never know who can help you. Yeah. And that's the kind of goal that, that you would share with other people. I've, I've mentioned, you know, Hey, I'd like to have a house in the mountains and people are all the time. Well, why don't you come stay at my house? I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's kind of cool. Hey, Tom, why don't you come stay at my house? I know. You've told me that like 50 times. Yeah, I know. I know. You haven't been here in like two or two years or so. We I know. Mi- we I'm, miss you. And I've taken you up on it twice, I think. I think you have. Yeah, twice yeah. now. Yep. Um, well, so here are some folks who said, I do, but only with specific people. And the first one I'm going to pull out is Richard Powell. He says, only with my wife. He says, it's a trust issue with others. Too many disappointments, too many naysayers, and I have found very few supporters. Um, okay, well, that, that issue I think we kind of talked about, but I want to pull out with his wife. Now, if you have a spouse who you can share everything with, that is obviously uh, such a gift. I mean, I think to some degree it's, it's hard to have a marriage where you can't do that. That's a, that's a bit, that's a deficit. If you can't share openly about your goals and dreams, but I wanted to pull it out because, and I've shared this before, uh, in my marriage. Now, can I share my goals and dreams, any goal and dream with my wife and be you know safe and secure and get her support? Yes. Primarily. Sometimes I have shared goals that have scared her because if I share my goal with you, Tom, and it's some big, hairy, audacious goal. And, it, you know, it doesn't sound like I'm going to harm myself. Seems, you know, reasonably. You're going to go, man, that's awesome. Yeah, go for it. And then we're going to hang up the phone and go our separate ways and go home to our wives and, and whatnot. When I share it with my wife, she's living with that. And if it feels like something that might jeopardize our finances, our stability, my time with them or whatever, it, it affects her. So it's, it's not fair to expect. 
I think we have differing people for different things. There's stuff that I share with Randy. He's one of my closest friends. And I'm aware of that though. He didn't have to go home. It's not going to affect his finances. You know, not that he won't give me constructive criticism, but that's one thing I think we need to be sensitive to uh, is how is this going to affect, especially your spouse. That's an anomaly there that you would think, gosh, you should have support, but you got to be sensitive to it. One, uh, and two, with the breadth of, uh, of it too. And I've shared this before where I tend to make these big, hairy, audacious goals. And my analogy that came acutely to my awareness through talking with my wife is I'm shooting for the stars. All right. You know, next, next year, we're going to make a million dollars more than we made this year. Right. And she's okay. So she's making plans, man. She hears me. She believes it. Let's do it. And you know, we get further into the year and I only made 200 grand more. I'm thinking, Matt's 200 grand more than last year. That's awesome. And she's going, she's devastated. I, I, but I, I was, I mean, she was, she was making plans, you know, for, for that. She had ideas for the kids and things that we were going to do and, and whatnot. And I have real, I've, I've learned to temper them a little bit and to say, look, I've got a goal and I'll tell her, Hey, this is the low end. I'm hoping I'll do this. Of course. And I'll say, honey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for more. But I think, you know, this is a reasonable and I'll literally tell her that I've got her support. I've got her encouragement. She's not going to be disappointed. And I get the opportunity to under promise and over deliver. And so there's dealing one with the reality of a spouse who shares life with you and uh, two, just a different personality style as well. So, again, I'm free to share uh, fully my goals. I don't hide my goals. I don't have a, a wife uh, where I can't share the goals, but I do. I am sensitive How's that? Is that fair, Tom? I think sensitive is good. Um, you know, a trusted spouse. Uh, a lot of times, they can, the you know the the feedback they give you is great counsel because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to go and take the risk. I have a good friend. His name is Paul Sullivan. His wife Karen, and every year they do a, a three day weekend, and they have a list. And he has his list of 100 goals that he wants to achieve during the year, and she has her 100. And these are big to little, right? I mean, like eating at a certain restaurant to taking a trip to, you know, a big thing like a marathon. Uh, And so every year they get together, they take last year's list, they cross off all the ones they accomplished. Then they add back, you know, and then they take the ones off that no longer they care about. Because if you have 100 goals, you may have lost your your taste for some of them. Yeah. And then they add some more back in till each have hundred. Now this is what's cool. They trade lists. And so all year, Karen is focused. Karen is focusing on how she can help Paul achieve his goals. And Paul is focused on Karen's goals and how he can help her. And so what happens is, you know, maybe uh, Karen wants to go to a resort or a place in the mountains. And then Paul's got a business trip that's going to take him into that area of the country. He calls her up. Hey, you're coming with me. Right. We're going to cross that goal off. And it's that's just awesome. a really it's a really, really cool thing to do because it gets uh, that family on the same page and it gets two people rooting for each other. Yeah, man, I love that. My wife did that not long ago with me. She instigated and it was kind of a home and family focus, not business, finance, whatever, uh, home and family focus. And she did her list and I did mine and we shared them and took the similarities and made those the priorities. Obviously, these are what we both share. Let's make those top, but also talk about the ones where we didn't have that on a radar for each other. And how can we 
honor those. So I love that story, Tom. Well, here's a couple here. Carrie Mitchell, she says, I share with my boyfriend and a small group of select friends because they are also achievers, supportive, and optimistic people. Uh, Wade uh, Maines, he says, a few true friends. We need to seek wise counsel. My reason is some people may dissuade you. Uh, example, my father did about me being an entrepreneur. He thought it was a bad idea. Too much work. I went into the military instead, tried regular jobs, never was satisfied. And I realized it was not his dream or his vision. Uh, so he couldn't relate to mine. Uh, Brandon Russell says, I've learned to keep things closer to my chest now, not because of my fear, but simply because of those types of things uh, should be for people worthy of the information. Uh, we do need people to hold us accountable, but it's counterproductive if they are not on our side, not supportive, I'd say. If we pick the wrong people, it could be more uh, detrimental than helpful. So we're hearing that thread. And of course, that's what Zig, you know, talked to is again, being so sensitive somewhat to who are we sharing this? And I do have, and I know you, Tom, have, man, I've, I've been so burdened to see some well-meaning people share things with those close to them and get shot down and how devastating it is for them. And this sounds harsh, but we've got the scripture in Proverbs of, you know, don't cast your pearls before swine. Now, I don't think we need to call any of our close family swine, but you know, we just got to realize like what Brandon said, we've got people, you know, maybe close to you who don't have the same vision, don't have the same personality style. They may have their own damage over here and they can't see well for you. And that's sad, but it is true. So finding the right people though, I also, Tom, if, uh, and I've, I've fallen into this sometimes. It's also, we have a confirmation bias and I can also tend to want to go and just share only with the people who I know will encourage me in this area and not share it with the people who I figure, oh, uh, they're probably going to give me some constructive criticism, which I don't want, man, because I want to do this. I'm ready to go. And I've got to be mature enough to deal with that as well. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, the constructive criticism, I guess what I look for is if I share a goal with somebody and I really want their input, uh, I'm, I'm asking them to say, Hey, tell me what I got to do and what I need to avoid in order to have the best chance of succeeding at this. That's great. That's, that's excellent. Now uh, here, here, let's, let's, this, this one does it. He does a good job. Terry Johnson, neat guy, businessman from Australia, place you like, he says, I share with my kids, my wife and my employees. He says it can be a little awkward at times, but so critical when I ask him awkward, how? And he says, well, your goals are like an insight into your feelings, your attitude and your plans, both financially and personally. If you're a guarded and private person, letting someone or anyone for that matter, know your goals uh, as an example, like wanting to lose weight or retire in so many years with so amount of about much amount of money, it can be construed as being used to form judgment or opinions against you, like letting someone know your inner secrets. But I think it's important to be transparent with the parties uh, your goals can or will affect uh, which is what right I was talking on. about with, yeah, with, with wife. Well, and that would be relevant yeah, to you, Tom. Now, you, you know, you've, you've had times of having, you know, a lot of employees and to go in there and to share a goal that somebody could hear and go, Oh my gosh, if that happens, am I still going to have a job or am I going to be forced to travel? I didn't, I was, am I, man, I don't want to do it. So again, being sensitive to how it's going to affect these other people. And yeah, I keep coming back to thinking about how that's probably one of my, the area that I have to watch out for 
I'm pretty confident, so I don't mind if somebody's critical or, or whatever, but I can probably find myself often sharing only with those people who I think are going to tell me what I want to hear. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. that's, that's our tendency. We yeah. all want the positive feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope this did a good job and it's great. I mean, there's so many comments and we got a lot. I'll tell you, we, it would take another hour to go through the ones that said only two specific people. That was the majority. So that we found, so if I did, if I took this as a survey, I should have had them tally it up, but if I took this as a survey, we would have the vast majority, um, probably two thirds, maybe not quite that much who said, I, I do share my goals. I am, you know, say, I would say the message we hear is an advocacy of sharing goals for feedback, wisdom, guidance, counsel, accountability, support, encouragement. I, so I, I, I do share goals, but with specific people that I'm judicious with who I share them with. Um, the next biggest group was the share it with, with, with everyone. And then the smallest was not sharing it at all. And I think, of course, we would say, you know, interestingly on Zig's message, he didn't even have a category for not sharing it at all. He didn't even address that. His assumption was we are going to now, but going back to where we started, you know, is there ever a place for having a goal that is private? And I would have to admit now that I'm thinking about it, there are some that I don't share. I think I, I, it's between God and me, and maybe I think it will affect other people. And so I'm going to keep that there it's pretty rare pretty rare but occasionally occasionally yeah yep same same here yeah well good food for thought for us and again man thanks for all the great the great ones yeah i'm <laughs> i'm just i've got that sticking on me i got to think right now do i have any goals that i'm doing right now that i'm not sharing with the people who i think might give me constructive criticism because i don't want to hear it because i just want to do what i want to do all right there we go <laughs> I'll, I'll leave i'll leave with that tom brother always a gift yes awesome well, there you go, folks. It's just a great overview of who to share your goals and aspirations with and why and when, for that matter. Uh, this is something you can take action on right now, and I really hope you will. Coming up in episode 831, manage your energy and output. So we're all paid for what we produce, right? To varying degrees. But with a full-time writer, it's just really tangible and acute. So really interesting to talk with renowned fiction author, primarily fiction. He's got nonfiction books out now as well, but that's where he is known for, Charles Martin. He was my guest in episode 829, and his livelihood is 100% connected to his thoughts, ideas, and creativity and what he can get from his brain out of his fingers and typed onto a screen. Well, in this, our habits episode, we walk through how he managed himself, his time and his energy to get the required output from himself. Now we go through a lot of other personal habits, but this one just stood out and I wanted to make a point to hit on it. He shares some health issues he's dealing with that have caused his energy and output to be less and how he's managing this to still stay on track with an aggressive writing goal, uh, including getting more of his books on the big movie screens. I think you'll relate much to the behind the scenes realities of life that Charles shares. You can find Charles Books and Movie Ventures at charlesmartinbooks.com or just search for him wherever you can find his books. But you're going to enjoy this episode with Charles Martin. Till then, folks, thank you, as always, for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. 